Welcome to a Skin Depth Convo. I'm Anna Kagaragis. This is a show focused on educating and inspiring all those in the skincare and beauty industry. But it is also a show for those looking to improve themselves from the inside out with a little entertainment and a great conversation along the way. Now, today we're discussing the use of lasers in aesthetics. Lasers can handle a wide array of treatments to help improve an individual's appearance and self-esteem. To find out all about how they work, what they treat, and what's new in the industry. We'll be joined in just a bit by Troy Montgomery from Cartessa Aesthetics. But first, as always, we have our two expert hosts, part of the founders of Lyra Clinical, Metaxi Delikis and Francine Kagaragis. Welcome back to the show, ladies. And I'm really looking forward to discussing lasers with both of you. We're excited to kind of have this kind of conversation because I think lasers have really changed in the past 20 years. So it's nice to have experts in explaining the technology and how it's enhanced anti-aging treatments. I think it's really cool. I agree because from creams, we now sci-fi skincare and now do lasers. So there's many different choices and we're not only doing it for hair removal, but for anti-age pigmentation, multiple skin conditions. We use skincare no matter what device we're going to use. You still have to cleanse. You still have to post-treat someone's skin after a device treatment. So it's really exciting that we have this conversation. And remember, skincare will always be part of their protocols and skincare treatments. Before, during, and after. Absolutely. It is a process. It is a complete process to get everything done. And just a little bit, we're also going to bring in fellow owner Brenda Cummings. She and Troy have a ton of knowledge when it comes to lasers. But before we get into the future of aesthetics and technology, I have to share some interesting stories in news. Now, we're going to venture back into the past. Let's go way back. Over the past year, archaeologists have discovered a 2,000-year-old ancient Roman face cream. Archaeologists excavated a Roman temple on the banks of London's River Thames and found an item with fingerprints of someone from 2,000 years ago. The closely wrapped cylinder tin measures six centimeters by five centimeters. It was opened at the London Museum to reveal a pungent smelling white cream. The canister is now on display at the London Museum and was made almost entirely of tin, which was actually a really precious metal at the time. It's believed to have been a beauty treatment for a fashionable Roman lady, or maybe could have been face paint that was used in a temple ritual. We don't know whether it was medicinal, cosmetic, or ritualistic, but it is being analyzed right now. So hearing this story, what are your thoughts when you first heard this? And what's something that we could learn from the past that could help us in the future? I have to say something, Fran, sorry, I apologize. It's probably your mother's fingerprints on <laughs> My fingerprints? How did you find my fingerprints back? Oh, because of our ancestors. Hey, Fran. Well, was Greek, you know. She was back there. You know your history. I really believe that you have been back there in the past and your past or lives. Oh, I was there. It, I, I was there. It was pungent <laughs> because it was Roman. If it was Egyptian, it would have been a little more sweet smelling. <laughs> anyway, uh, for me, having just something to kind of analyze and see what ingredients could be in there. And we talk about some rare ingredients from the past, but I also looked at that article and donkey milk was one of the <laughs> ingredients they said that could be in there. They're, they're, they're assessing it, but it's surprising to know that donkey milk has a high level antioxidants. Just to know what they were putting together and what needs they had back then would be something that I would just die to find out more about. And Fran, you're an ingredient guru. I could just imagine you breaking it down and doing your research and finding how much of this and how much of that. And I mean, it, could you imagine 
being part of that assessment analysis on, on that product? That would be a lot of fun. As you said, donkey milk, lactic acid has always been important, yeah. even in Ayurvedic medicine. Honey was the lactic they were using. And so donkey's milk makes it a wonderful ingredient for exfoliation. But you also said it was a potent antioxidant. Yeah. So free radical damage is very important too, that we have to deal with free radical damage. So by using a potent antioxidants, we're actually repairing. I found, not to interrupt you, but they said Cleopatra bathed in donkey milk, some of these oh. uh, things that you could check online. But the key thing here is that they're still using donkey milk in today's skincare. We could still search donkey milk. We don't. Wait, wait, wait. We do not we don't. use donkey milk. <laughs> we don't and use donkey milk in Lara Clinical. No, no, sorry. But Sorry. it is a lactic acid that you're talking about, you're saying, right? That's probably what they were looking into back then. We nowadays are able to put in our own potent antioxidants and anti-inflammatories. We don't have to receive these ingredients from donkey milk. No, <laughs> no. Well, I find it really interesting how important beauty was back then. We hear about it in ancient Egypt, but you don't think about it. You think of beauty as a newer thing, but it's been around for a long time. It's been important for a long time. You can see in ancient Egypt, they wore makeup. It was uh, not new. And again, it was for ceremonies and temples, but they also wore it daily. So makeup or cosmetics, uh, creams, all of these things were very, very important in the ancient times. And they continue to be. It's just we're a lot more sophisticated from creams to lasers. Well, it is a story that we are going to have to dig deeper into another day with fellow archaeologists one day. But we do have summer right around the corner here. So summer is upon us. And I did want to bring up an interesting article. Now, Superdrug is a UK company. They reportedly are committed to include at least 35% of skin types five and six in its sunscreen and skincare trials. The publication Cam City reports that the skincare industry has typically focused its testing on skin types one through three, leaving 4% of tests with skin types five and six. Now, following Superdrug Shades of You campaign in 2021, research showed that 35% of consumers didn't feel represented when shopping for health and beauty products. As a result, the company Superdrug extended its brand of Black-owned brands by 5% and launched numerous other companies as well. But let's talk about the importance of actually doing more research on skin types 5 and 6 and why it's important. Well, Lyra has always focused on global skin. And we always focus on Fitzpatrick's four, five, and six, because going back so many years that we went back, it was only focused on the lighter skin tones. So when we came out with Lyra, we really want to address all Fitzpatrick type because all Fitzpatrick type can get skin cancer. And it's, mis it's a misnomer that all of a sudden, if you don't have a sunburn, you don't get skin cancer. That's not necessarily true. And it's harder to see on darker skin tones if there is a burn, if there is a marking that is changing. So We've always prided ourselves that we are looking at all the global skin types so that we're addressing it because it is a concern and skin cancer, it's rising. And it's true because melanin is your own skin's natural protection. And so this is why you see less skin cancer in darker skin, but you do see skin cancer. As Metaxia is saying, when you're seeing brown or black spots, you're not going to be able to see it as well so that it's not detected as fast. It is very important for Fitzpatrick 4, 5, and 6 to be able to also use sunscreen. They should not forget to use it daily because it is a problem. And we do have to remember skin cancer is on the rise for all Fitzpatrick types. The only thing we have to make sure to remind people that a lot of times when they're using a zinc-based sunscreen, darker skin types 
really don't like the way that uh, gray tinge is left when they use that white zinc. What a lot of companies do, including Lyra, is we tint the sunscreen. So this way, they, it does not leave a remaining gray tinge on the skin. And this is why they use more sunscreen, because they're more happier with the way their skin looks after they use a tinted sunscreen. And the myth buster is that the darker skin tones don't necessarily have to wear SPF for sunscreens. And because you naturally have SPF of about a six to eight, I read that in some literature, but it is wrong. Everyone has to wear SPF, some type of sunscreen on a daily basis, no matter what skin type you are. Because like Francine says, it is really hard to detect it on darker skin tones, but it's nice to be able to address all skin the same. And with today's technology, you're finding more in newer types of sunscreens out there. So everyone should be very happy with a mineral sunscreen and use it daily and reapply if you're in the water. Yeah, reapplying is definitely something that's important. It has to be reminded often. The bottom line, always use sunscreen. No matter which Fitzpatrick you are, no matter your skin tone, you have to always wear sunscreen. Protect yourself from the sun. It's your number one skincare product. Protecting your skin from the biggest free radical, which is the sun. So sunscreen should be your number one product. Looking into it, making sure it has the right ingredients to make sure your skin has the perfect antioxidant, anti-inflammatory, hydration, and again, the proper SPF between 30 and 50. And I would like to add one more thing, Fran. It's not that you wear it when you're going out in the sun. You should wear it daily because even in indoors near a window or just the heat or the elements of the pollution, there's factors that are part of our daily routine. So it's nice to be able to wear it. Even if you're not going to go outside, keep as a routine, a step to wear SPF on a daily basis. Actually kind of following up on that, something that I had learned the hard way, unfortunately, was just driving around town because of COVID this last couple of years, obviously wearing a lot of hand sanitizer, the alcohol or whatever is in the hand sanitizer has dried out my hands a lot. And so when you're driving around town, you don't realize that you have the sun coming through the window. And because I wasn't always wearing sunscreen on my hands, I have now like have a few spots on my hands that hopefully Lyra Clinical can fix up for me. So (laughs) we can, well, you have to drive with Metaxia because Metaxia (laughs) takes her sleep. She wears sunscreen and then she takes her sleeve and she covers her hand. And I start laughing and I go, you got sunscreen on. She goes, I know, but it's just extra protection. I'm going to start doing that too. It's a great idea. Yeah, it's heat, it's heat. And I used to, it's funny, I've seen people wear gloves when they drive, especially driving a lot hours, but it's elements that we are definitely being uh, aware of that cause that pigment that you're talking about, Anna, or just cause a dryness and that you know, the hand sanitizers really did a number in my hands too. And all of a sudden I noticed that, wait a minute, I got to start treating my hands just as much as I'm treating my face and my neck and decollete. Another important part of sunscreen, you got to make sure that you put sunscreen on after you get laser treatment. And we're going to talk more about that. Coming up next, we have Troy Montgomery and Brenda coming on next, but first a word from Lyra Clinical. Lyric Clinical takes today's skincare to the next level. Using cutting edge technology and the best high quality ingredients, Lyra gives you brighter, healthier, younger looking skin. With award winning products, advanced education, and innovative skincare philosophies, Lyra Clinical is redefining aesthetics and offering superior products and treatments that produce remarkable results. It's beauty from the inside out. Be bright, be beautiful, Lyra Clinical. Well, to talk about lasers, we have two incredible guests on the show. We all know Brenda Cumming, one of the founders of Lyra Clinical, but also joining us is Troy Montgomery from Cartessa Aesthetics. 
He is the local area sales manager covering the Rocky Mountain region. Thank you so much for coming on today, Troy. Thanks for having me on, guys. I got to share a kind of fun thing about you. First off, for those who don't know, you used to play minor league baseball. So how in the world did you go from playing minor league baseball to working with skincare, specifically laser sales? Yeah, uh, thanks for having me on first and foremost, guys. So my journey started with professional baseball with the Los Angeles Angels and the Detroit Tigers. Uh, I was playing in the minor leagues for a few years, and I got all the way up to double A, and I don't know if you guys are familiar with the levels, but... Oh, they're huge uh, baseball fans. Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. I love it. Okay. I love it. I was two steps away. So I tried to give it, you know, my best, but I realized it just wasn't, it wasn't for me at the, the later stages. So I had, you know, some thoughts about what I wanted to do post my baseball career. Um, and actually a good friend of mine who got me in the industry, his name is Barry Stadler. Barry's been in aesthetic devices for 15, 16 years. He actually came out with his son to watch me play. And we went out to dinner that night. He's like, hey, Troy, I mean, I know things are kind of dwindling down here. Have you ever thought about what you want to do post baseball? And I said, I don't know exactly. I think, I think sales is probably something I'm going to get into. And I was naive at the time. I didn't really know what sales entailed, but um, he said, okay, you know, give me a call when you're done and I'll tell you about what I do. And so I retired, Barry gave me a call. We started talking about what he was doing specifically on a day-to-day basis. And a lot of things that are great about the industry and a lot of things that are not great about the industry with laser reps. So Barry took a chance on me and kind of the rest is history. Great chance he took on you. I appreciate it, Brandon. So what year did you start lasers, actually? It would have been 2019 is when I broke into lasers. So I was doing it out in California for a little bit and then made the transition to Minnesota. So I took over the region for Cartessa, a region predominantly where lasers were or aesthetic devices. And that that conversation wasn't wasn't popular out there. So I had to really grow that region and and introduce them to Cartessa and some things kind of happened out here in Colorado. So I made the transition last October to the Rocky Mountain region and been here ever since. Well, we're excited to have you on, Troy. And it is important for people in this industry to understand what lasers do and how many different lasers there are in the market. Yeah, I I think everything, and I I like to think of an onion uh, when I think about lasers, everything that, you know, a patient walks in the door trying to correct, we've got something for it whether it's RF microneedling in the, in the dermis to help with skin tightening, tone and textural issues, laxity, we can help them with that. Or if it's more of the sun damage, you know, they got some pigmentation and they got some deeper acne scarring that they're looking to correct. We've got a CO2 device for that. Body treatments. We've got now a device that has three modalities in it with heat, muscle, and doing that treatment where it incorporates both simultaneously. Uh, we've got that with our physique device. Or if you're still looking at help with unwanted hair, got hair removal and laser platforms that incorporates a lot of different wavelengths. We can treat pretty much everything without having to go into the knife now. That's great. I am somebody who suffers from melasma and I had a laser treatment in the nineties that actually made my pigment worse. Is there anything Mm -hmm. that I can go to now to help my melasma? You know, there's a few devices out there that helps with melasma. You know, on a clinical level, level, a Pico laser is going to be the most clinically sound device to help with melasma. Now, there's a few devices out there, whether it's RF microneedling or CO2, where we can see some improvement with melasma. But to see results across the board with it, it's going to be a Pico second laser. 
Okay. Now here's the thing. Frando's talking about how she got it done in the nineties. So let's talk about the change. How has the laser changed to where it is now? What's that change been like over these years? The first laser was in the sixties. A scientist developed a laser. It was a 694 Ruby. He created this laser and then but some other scientists used, used that 694 to see electrothermolysis and see the, you know, how it affects the skin. So the first laser was in the sixties. And then lasers started to become a, you know, a thing in the nineties with your fully ablative CO2 procedures. And I'm talking a couple months of downtime, a lot of complications with those type of treatments. Some people did see some results, but that's how lasers really got their name was the CO2. Now, CO2 is still the gold standard for skin resurfacing, but so many things have changed over the years where we are now in a fractionally ablated procedure where we can essentially do what we call our cool peel with no downtime on all Fitzpatrick's and it doesn't hurt. No downtime is a big trend right now. So it sounds like the cool peel may be an answer for many people to begin these treatments. Yeah, I think so. I think that's the beauty of Cartessa. Cartessa was really formed to get back to what's best for providers and best for patients. We're not a manufacturer. So what that means for practices out there is we don't manufacture all of our devices in-house. So instead of, for me as a rep, selling you our A product and having to come back to you and sell you the B, C, and D products, I can now cherry pick around the globe. For me, I'm a distributor. So I have you know, an amazing RF device. I have an amazing CO2 device from DECA. And so we can really put this portfolio together where you're getting the best of the best in class technology. So you don't have the downtime, you don't have the complications and you're seeing results. So that's the beauty of Cartessa. What does the name Cartessa mean? Yeah, so the first three letters stand for Gabe Lubin's uh, family members. One of them is his wife and the two are his children. And then Tessa is Italian for beautiful woman. I like that, that works out nicely. Especially yeah, a few of us cool. Mediterranean women out here. So <laughs> we get yeah, that. You know, yeah, Gabe had another name when he first started that uh, I forget what it was, but yeah, you know, I'm glad he went with Cartessa. Brenda <laughs> seems to do some treatments. And Brenda, I would love for you to explain what you usually do for us. Uh, I'm revealing what I do on there. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I say, Fran? Start at the skin. So I live at high altitude, 8,400 feet. When I got into this industry 20 years ago, man, I'm going to get in trouble for saying this, but a lot of people up here did not appear their stated age. So they appeared older, did not really take care of their skin because they thought water was enough to wash their face with. And you all know we didn't wear sunscreen for a long time. So we got a lot of photo damage. Did you notice that, Troy, when you moved here? <laughs> Just a tad more than in Just Minnesota. Just a tad more, and even more than I would say in California. Yeah. Unless you're talking yeah. about Southern California, because we have a lot of Southern Californians here and they're very photo damaged. But putting Botox to smooth out wrinkles, some are too deep for Botox to work. Putting uh, filler in lines that are really demarcated and it's not really volume loss is not doing that patient justice. Getting their skin in better shape, resurfacing if it needs to. And I was always very afraid of CO2 because the first experience I ever had with CO2s were back in the 90s or late 80s. And they were very ablative. And this was in Texas and you could only do it on Fitzpatrick ones and twos, right? Well, now, and this is how I got into Cartessa, the cool peel, I feel like we can really change the skin with very little downtime and great results. Now it may take a couple of treatments, but it's great results. So my staff knows that we have to get that skin in shape before we do my job, which I feel like is the frosting and then the cherry on top with the Botox and the filler. Is it painful? A lot of people are concerned if laser is painful. Well, my staff thinks I'm the biggest baby in the world. And I don't know if it's because <laughs> I'm a redhead or, or what it is, but I've had 
the cool peel it's not that painful very easily tolerated well are there so some are, other are, well yeah i was gonna say are some laser treatments more painful than others how does that work i would say it depends on what you're treating and how deep you want to go yeah i'll second that I, I think it really depends on what a patient's trying to or what their corrections are or what they're trying to treat listen if they've got acne scarring they've got tonotextual issues they got some yeah. deeper lines and wrinkles we're going to need a ton of heat with rf microneedling uh, we don't have to go too deep into the science but we need a ton of a ton of heat in a short amount of time and whether we're trying to treat some deeper textural issues with co2 we need to be in the dermis with that we need all that coagulation where that happens and with that you know sending that heat even though it is still fractionally ablated and fractionally blade, I mean just the surface area. We're not really covering a ton of the surface area. You know, it's it's not the most comfortable treatment in the world. But now we've we've come so far along with aesthetic devices is over the course of three to five treatments, sometimes four to six, we can achieve those same results without the downtime and without the pain that you typically would get with most devices. That downtime used to be weeks. It's what used to be months. Wait, okay, months. I was gonna say four to six weeks, months. Yep. Very significant downtime. And when we talk about downtime and specifically with the cool peel, listen, the cool peel is a high peak power and a short pulse duration. It's going to be mainly in the epidermis. So our thermal footprint isn't on the tissue long enough to really cause downtime. But over the course of three to five treatments, like I was saying, we can achieve those CO2 like results. So a patient's downtime can be anywhere from 24 to 48 hours with the cool peel. And as far as that goes with CO2, that's completely game-changing. And to have the options to do your, your longer downtime treatments in the dermis, we have that in the system. So you have the full capabilities to do what every patient needs on all Fitzpatrick's. So what have you seen as the most requested laser treatment? Most requested la laser treatments, just in general, we're going to see our CO2, which is still the gold standard for skin resurfacing. I think hair removal. Uh, is is making an absolute comeback into the industry. It, it's always going to be there. It's the number one requested treatment aesthetics. RF microneedling. It's an extremely hot market right now. You're going to have your non-invasive procedures with aqua delivery systems, which we do carry a device called the SkinWave, and there's other devices out there that do similar type of treatments. And then body, you know, your body treatments. And depending on where you are regionally, for us out here in Colorado, it's massive. And I always say, if you're going to get the face in shape, what are you doing from the neck down? Might as well get the body. And if, if everyone is really taking care of themselves, we live a pretty healthy lifestyle here. We have lots of patients that come in and they want the crepiness on their skin addressed. They're waiting on a product for that. And skin tightening, very popular. Yeah, not only to mention that with our microneedling, we've made some improvements you know, since the early 2010s, it used to be these rolling pins. It was ablative. Yeah. And you've got your microneedling procedures. We now have, with our smart RF, those facial procedures built out the downtime, and we can run all year round. We just now launched a few other hand pieces where we can do lower bags, so we can vaporize fat pads, and we can do deeper body treatment. So going deeper to help with, you know, cellulite and, and uh, skin tightening on, you know, like the tricep area or the stomach region. Um, so even our microneedling in the past few years has made some leaps and bounds. So let's kind of break it down a little bit. So how do lasers work and treat different types of skin conditions? Can we kind of break it down for people who maybe aren't familiar with dealing with lasers in the first place? I, I think it's pretty easy on a superficial level, but it's very complicated when we get into the weeds. Every laser has three three targets it's trying to trying to meet. Melanin, oxyhemoglobin, or water. All lasers are trying to treat those three specific chromophores in the tissue. Um, and then each laser has its own wavelength where at the absorption coefficient it has a higher peak. So that wavelength is going to be more 
specific to that, that treatment area. So for melanin, you know, a 532 nanometer laser or a 755 nanometer laser is going to be amazing to treat melanin or superficial vascular. You can still treat with that 532 or go super deep to treat leg veins or do some collagen induction therapy with a 1064. So they all have a little bit of overlap, but certain lasers have their specific chromophores they're trying to attack. I remember Brenda telling some of her patients to actually jumpstart the treatment with the cool peel. And then that way it'll be easier to go in and do more and more treatments. Do you do that, Brenda? Well, again, it depends on what we're treating, what their chief complaint is and what their skin looks like. So a lot of times we're going to probably just start with some peels, some chemical peels of which, you know, I'll toot our horn, Lyra, we have awesome chemical peels, get them kind of built in for that, get them prepped depending on their Fitzpatrick, right? And then go after their uh, chief complaint. So if they're glycated and really demarcated, it's going to be the cool peel. If they have acne scarring, I like the virtue. If they just have red and brown, sometimes we just address it with intermittent pulse light. So really it just depends. But I do like the cool peel because it just resurfaces that skin, gets everything off, and then you can get started. And I'll second that, Brenda. One of the amazing things about the cool peel, if you've got a patient that can allot some downtime with you, you can do a decapulse, which is going to be our dermal procedure for that scarring. Mm -hmm. And then you can take a cool peel right on top of that. So you can layer both treatments and we have layer both, yeah, layer both services in the same treatment. And we have done that. that it's not for everybody, and especially it's up not. here, the small population, and they're just stepping their toes into any kind of resurfacing in here. But we do have a few patients that Gwen has treated doing that double procedure. Are there limitations with different Fitzpatrick types? You know, we're always terrified of hyperpigmentation. We always pre-treat everybody to prevent hyperpigmentation. So I think going to the right center, the right practice that has experience and knows what they're doing is the first thing. The consult is very important before you get into any type of Fitzpatrick. I've seen hypopigmentation on Fitzpatrick ones and twos where they went and got treatments at where they were offering Groupons. And I've seen some pretty significant hypopigmentation. You could tell just by the handpiece. And that is never going to come back. That is never going to correct. They're going to live with that. Is that kind of similar to also people who have either like a viral infection or an acne or so? Is that kind of the same thing? You still have to find, you know, obviously you find a, qual a quality person, but what's something that you could do to prevent this from happening? Well, if you're talking about pigmentation issues, prepping them, okay. understanding the skin, understanding the device that you use and, and having the training behind it. Um, absolutely. As far as any kind of viral infections, we pre-treat for those always. And then if anybody has any kind of active infections or any active lesions on their face, we postpone. No, I think you said it perfectly. I think okay. from, a, from a company standpoint, when we get into our Fitzpatrick's four through six, it's definitely a conversation we have every time. And then based on the nationality, you know, we can have a Fitzpatrick three that qualifies as a four. So I, I like that she said, we're going to be pre-treating most of our patients coming in for that, just to, just to play it safe. So it's important to be on a melanin suppressant and sunscreen. Pre and post, Francine, because you've been up here. You know, I've had patients who ride their bike over to our appointments. <laughs> no. Or they run over here. No, you just cannot get heat in that skin after we've heated it up. So home care is, you know how important that is. It's very important. 
There's nothing you can yeah. do but stay in a cool car after, right? Right. And then using, you know, melanin suppressants and reparative product products to keep that skin hydrated and protected. Yeah, all of our types of treatments are going to activate those melanocytes. So mm -hmm. those fours through sixes, just got to play careful. So what about other risks? What are some other risks when re receiving a laser treatment? Well, we don't treat anybody who's, no one who's pregnant or trying to get pregnant or lactating. Anybody who's on steroids for, for an illness, anybody who is ill or actively ill, anybody who I mentioned previously has any kind of active scars or infections or something on their face, we're going to avoid that. Pacemakers as well. Oh, yes. Pacemakers. Thank you, Troy. You don't want to do that because you'll put their pacemaker into an abnormal rhythm. Yeah, pretty much your standard contraindications. Most just providers be safe. Are, yeah, just be safe. Most providers are going to know. Okay. And those results, how long do the results last? Now, that's a question a lot of the patients are going to ask. So, Brenda, what's, what what's my answer, Fran? <laughs> what do I say? I always say that everything is maintenance after 35. So if yes. you don't want to look your state at age, and you know who does, and, and most of our patients up here don't act it or look it, maintenance is ongoing. So, so if we take somebody through a series of cool pills, we'll take them through, depending on what they need, three to four and then we have a maintenance package for like once a quarter after that if they need it again depending on what we're trying to correct it's all maintenance and then the home care maintains that maintenance it's ongoing it's ongoing because if you stop we're still aging no matter what right we're still aging and what's our largest organ our skin that's why you know body treatments are so popular right now so you know there's work to be done and patients who are going to invest in all that correction, they're 95% gonna stay in maintenance. It's gonna last as long as you want it to last. You know, we have some of the best in-class devices in the entire world, but if we're not gonna follow a good skincare regimen or wear our SPF and go out in the sun, of course, it's gonna retract the progress that we've made. It's an ongoing progress and it's gonna last as long as you take care of your skin moving forward. What about mixing in skincare products and certain ingredients? Can you do that with lasers? Yeah, absolutely. I'll let Brenda handle this conversation, but I know several practices here in Colorado specifically that are blending in certain products with the technology. So Brenda, let you take that one. Well, if we're doing radio frequency, microneedling, or our cool pill, it's going to be our pure HA. So our hyaluronic product, you have to keep that skin very hydrated and very moist. I hate that word, but moist. You have to keep it. You have to keep that skin moist. You don't want it to dry out. And that's old school technology too. Remember when we used to let wounds just get really dry? You mm -hmm. want to keep it hydrated. So our pure hyaluronic is the best. And then when it's appropriate, uh, sunscreen. And then when their skin starts, their epidermis starts turning over, we'll add our vitamin C, our biohydro C serum. And Perfect. of course, our pigment inhibitors, of course. And sunscreen. When it's, when they're ready for it. Yes. Right. I don't want them out in the sun. Well, so, do you feel the BBs work better to be breathable? To allow the heat to. Yes. After about 24 hours. Yes. The BBs are my favorite. I don't want them out in the sun though. So no sun. That's to, a big one. No, no. And it's really hard here, but again, you just. You can't, you, why would you undo what we did? Just be patient. And like everybody. Troy said, it's as good as long as you want to keep it going, right? Yeah, it's as long job. as you want it to last. Right. right, and it's our job to not be our stated age, but the age we want to identify with. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so here's that my thing. true. So Troy, here's the thing. So if somebody walks in, a customer who's never had any laser treatment done, complete novice, right? Walking in, 
and saying, okay, what should I get done? Let's talk about the different lasers out there there are in the market and what they do for people. So that way, somebody who's a complete novice walks in, what are the different types of lasers and what can they get done with lasers? Oh boy, there's so much to tackle here. But, you know, I, like again, I think the best analogy is, you know, an onion. We got to peel back our layers. I think anybody who walks in the door from a preventative standpoint to a correction standpoint, RF microneedling is a great start there. Building that collagen in the dermis is a fantastic start. If they have any type of sun damage or textural issues on the on the surface, they've got superficial lines. Everybody would benefit from a cool peel. There's essentially no downtime. We don't really have a restriction, you know, as far as age goes. I think that's another great start. If they are interested in unwanted hair, everybody could benefit from laser hair removal and then body treatments. I, I really think it depends on the patient, it depends on their age, and I think it depends on what's their primary concern if they're new to this whole thing let's start them off with an aqua delivery uh, type of treatment pair some amazing skincare if they're an older patient well we've got some things we want to address there's some you know collagen issues we need to address and there's also textural issues we need to address uh, so it really just depends on the patient now you said that hair removal is one of the most requested treatments done for laser treatment, but there's a theme that we've been hearing that hair is back. What does that mean to you? And what does this mean for the laser industry? I think the hair is back analogy uh, is more for the providers than it is the patients. Um, we, we are seeing that providers are seeing patients walking the door looking to get rid of their hair at a growing rate. It's the number one aesthetic treatment right now. And it's always going to probably be that. We've just made so many different leaps and bounds with laser hair removal. And listen, we carry a device from DECA here in the United States called the Modus AZ+. We can now treat all Fitzpatrick's with a true Alexandrite laser. That doesn't hurt. The worst part of this is applying ultrasound gel. And that's the worst part of it. So now we can get the efficacy from an Alexandrite. We have no downtime and we can do this laser on all Fitzpatrick's. It, it's, it's a home run for most providers. Great. So we're not going back to the 1970s, basically. Oh, you scared uh, me. <laughs> abs absolutely not. Yeah. No more of that hair. Okay. So good. Clarification noted there. Perfect. And then what's the future look like for the laser industry? What should we expect in the future? You know, I think we're kind of at a point where we're, we're doing things now that we're going to be doing for the next five to 10 years. The, the improvements on the technology is where the home runs are going to be. Continued improvement on the efficacy of the devices. Continued improvement on the downtime. And continued improvement on the patient population. I don't know where the aesthetic market is going, but I do know it's going to more of a non-invasive. It's going to a no downtime approach. So we'll see. We're we're pretty excited over here at Cartessa. We've got some exciting things coming out, but um, we'll see. The aesthetic market is not going anywhere. It's going up. It's going up. bigger than ever. Hey, when you have a baseball player who says it's going to be a home run, you know it's good, right? <laughs> oh, I, love, I love the fun words right there. It's perfect. <laughs> What's nice about this is we have a start. So we shouldn't be afraid to ask for these treatments and this way you can build on it. So I'm excited to ask for some of these treatments. Cool peel is one of my first that I would ask for and then build from there. Absolutely. What makes Cartessa different from other companies? You know, I, I think going back to what I said earlier is that I don't have to, as a rep in the field, push any one product. I can really grow with your practice, see where there's some gaps 
help you address it and make sure we're giving you the best technology, you know, and, and being with you along the ride and making sure you grow every step of the way. And then when you're ready to invest in other technologies down the road, we've got technology that pairs extremely well with each other. And I love this about the cool peel. Most of the practices that I work with, they either start out with a cool peel, RF microneedling, or our skin wave. And here's the reason. A cool peel pairs very nicely with our Virtue RF. And those two devices pair amazingly with our skin wave. We call it the Clarity Trio with all three and the ultimate duo with the Virtue and Cool Peel. So for providers to get all of these amazing benefits from both of these services without the downtime and the patient also is having a great experience, it's a home run. So that's the beautiful thing about Cartessa. And that's exactly how Troy works Fantastic. with all his accounts here. He really does. Thank you, Brenda. Lots of education. Well, Troy, thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate all the great information. And if anybody wants to get a hold of you, how do they do that? Yeah, so my phone number is 317-607-3646. If you want to text me offline, and then my email is going to be tmontgomery at cartessaesthetics.com if you want to email me and have some additional questions. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Troy. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Troy. Thanks, Troy. Thanks, guys. A big thank you again to Troy for joining us. Also to Brenda for sharing her knowledge and experience as well. I'm going to be honest with both of you. I didn't realize until we did this podcast that lasers have been around since the 60s for skincare. Some of those lasers back then, I've actually walked into like a museum of them. They were huge, almost the size of a room. Wow. They were huge. And they were just to destroy the skin. Those lasers, I mean, were just taking the skin they're too aggressive. They're way yeah. too aggressive. Not only were they trying to repair, but they caused damage in darker Fitzpatrick types. Well, they were just hypopigmented. The, mm-hmm. the skin, there was a demarcation on the neck and, and looking under Wood's lab, you notice that there was no melanin response to anything. So they were bigger, they were badder. And now we have the latest, like Francis, sci-fi technology to kind of give us the super advantage of lasers for all skin types. Darker skin types, such as myself, I'm not as nervous about getting a treatment as I was years ago. Just to think about how the laser has evolved and how it's changing. I can't wait to see what it's going to be like years down the road as well to see how it's going to change. So keep posted here on the Skin Depth Convo for all the latest updates on laser and everything else in the skincare industry. Before we go today, do we have a product of the day for Lyra Clinical? Our BBs, our BBs are phenomenal. They're part of the SPF line and our BBs work very well, especially post-laser because they allow the heat from the skin to be released. And this is very important when you're doing skincare. Well, perfect ladies. I love the BB product myself. And again, if you have any questions, go to lyricclinical.com or you could also email us your questions and comments by going to skindepthconvo at lyraclinical.com. Email us again at skindepthconvo at lyraclinical.com. Amazing show. Thank you both so much. A lot of great info and we look forward to talking to you all next time. Thank you, Anna. Thank you.